1: Saturday morning, and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening.
0: And hello again, gardening friends. Lovely to be with you. You're with Ray and Faye, of course. Bev Daring, John Glidden are here too. And, yeah, call in now. Get your, get your calls done. We can spend a lot more time with you in the first hour of the program. You can also email us, if you prefer, by going to gardening at au. That is the way that you will connect with us today and during the week, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Alan Simons kicked off the morning with a really jovial breakfast program, as he does. And Bev Dering supported Alan today, so good on you, Bev. She's now looking after us, so another early start for... Our bit of daring. We have to we take ownership of our people. She's a trooper, isn't she, she Ray? Is a Heck of a trooper, as is John. And uh, big cheers too to our cycling DJ, Jim and uh, for his update just now and Jim will return at ten AM. No, he won't return at all. He'll be ret- he'll be returning next week, <laughs> next Saturday at ten AM. We have George Minaldi. I hope I have that right, listeners. I hope I have that right. All right, Fayakara, good morning. Good morning, Ray. What a week it's been. It Wet really is. It's <laughs> <windy>. hasn't it? <laughs> it
2: has. Have you had any damage at your place?
0: Minimal damage, of which I'm grateful because I know at one part in the m- one morning I woke and it was still black and I said to my other half, we won't have a garden. I was just like... You know, listening to the wind howling and ripping through, and I thought, oh, I don't even want to look at this. This is just because you know I've had a had a few cert- situations where I live where we've had some hellish uh, winds that have done serious damage, mm. and uh, we were came through relatively unscathed. Unlike a lot of people who had serious things happen to them, losing their roofs off their homes and. And a lot of garden damage, you know. I see that on the Facebook pages, and that a lot of people did not. We're not as lucky. How about you?
2: Well, I heard a couple of little thuds, but not bangs. Bang, a bang is when it when something lands on the roof. Yeah. And that's cause for concern. Yeah. When it's a dull thud, you it's know, landed, it's something landed. It's had a it soft landing. Yeah. Boom. So we have had a couple of, um, large branches, but not huge, which is really nice. And they've dropped in convenient places so yes yeah, so I'm feeling very lucky but there's a lot of rubbish down there's you know branches little branches three foot long the cockies have been in they've thrown a bit more around there's nuts yeah. everywhere leaves sticks blossoms you name it there's a big clean up to do I think I think I need to pay someone pocket money to do. Oh help. there's
0: a mess out there <laughs> there's a huge mess everywhere mm. and even when we were walking into the station today I saw broken Plants, broken aloes and things like that. Well, you can can get out between
2: the showers. I've managed to get out and do a little bit of mulching on The Verge, so I'm feeling a little bit fitter for it because that's my gym workout equivalent. Yeah, quite right. And it's productive too, so making a difference. Tackling the weeds, so dumping mulch on top of them so they cannot come through is is something you can do right now just like bury them alive exactly I but it's got that. to be deep enough How and deep? well I, I would say about four to five centimeters Yeah, I might De- do that it depends I'm over where it. you are if you can if you can nuke the weeds first like using something like slasher that will slow them and then give them a little bit of time to react mm. and then dump on top of that you'll have a better chance Okay. what you don't want is to just put a, a thin skim on so it looks good now and they all pop up and you've got a better crop. Although when that does happen, it's a lot easier to dig out or pull out than when they're compacted, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah. So, yeah, learning to understand your weeds. And I had another feed of stinging nettle this week. I know, you're lucky duck. Mr. John yeah. B cooked up a wilted nettle Beautiful. and served on... Fried halloumi on like a crusty pita bread. I oh, love my halloumi. Goodness, I mean, they, they live for. in
0: style around there, don't oh, they? Oh, they do, yes. So, we're talking about John Savage, of mm. course, uh, the fern man. with the And eggs. we're talking
2: about stinging nettle. So, eat your weeds, folks. Yeah, okay. You've
0: got to know which ones to eat.
2: Stinging nettle's not hard to find no, no. if you've got it. And a lot of people don't like it. Remember, I love it. It's divine. It, it's very good for you, too. It's rich in iron. And it has a lot of uses. So. so,
0: and speaking of good, we're chatting with Charlie L. Bone very soon now. Charlie uh, is author of a new book called Garden of Your Dreams, and we are giving three of these books away today. It's a magnificent looking book. Faye has a copy here, and uh, I've I've had a browse through, and it's uh, I think what I like about it. Well, again, I think it's for people like me, laymen people ask mere mortals uh, to be able to follow. I think it's I a think very easy read.
2: through, Ray, it looks like there's a lot of um, hardscape to design, to build on. Yeah. Plants yeah. are a big part of the picture, but... But yeah. the combination of hardscaping and plant selection is a winner. And yes, it so, is. So this is his
0: expertise, his landscaping design. This is his uh, what he does. And if you go and have a look at his website, which is absolutely amazing, you will drool. You go to Inspired Exteriors. Oh, my goodness. And have a look at the work that he, Charlie and his company do do. Now, of course, most people know Charlie from Better Homes and Gardens as well. He's uh, the gardening presenter with Better Homes and Gardens and he's been with them since 2020. And he's also coming to Perth for the Perth Garden Festival. I reckon he looks a little bit like, uh, what's that actor? Uh, oh, in the East, Hugh Grant? Uh, yeah, oh. I reckon he looks a little bit like him. They could be cousins. Oh. Don't you mm-hmm. think there's a little bit of a...
2: Well, and his knows. wife
0: is drop dead gorgeous, his wife Juliet, <laughs> so they're just this kind of couple that how can you describe a power
2: it? couple wow
0: well, uh, but down to earth they down literally down to earth, but uh, yeah they just they, <laughs> no look, they look they look perfect, they look perfect anyway, and we're also chatting speaking of perfect we're chatting at five past nine with Darren Thorpe, and we're talking about all the dirt podcasts that Darren creates every week fortnight i think now you have recently done a segment have, on in, all the, in dirt. the break
2: when we had a winter recess i was i had the pleasure of being interviewed by Darren, and that went live this week how wonderful mm. yeah and uh great feedback i had a listen yesterday yes yes there has been it's not i don't think it tells you a lot about the bugs and the fungi i think it's kind of it's a, a lot it's, about me, it's, and, yeah, and it's a more biographical about yeah. where I've been, so yeah, it's, it's light listening,
0: yeah, it's not yeah. heavy, no, 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 but it's nice, yeah, I think, it's, I it, think was it was fun. a really nice job, so hey, you can give us a call now, nine four eight four one nine two seven giving away today our bigger trees seventy five dollar gift voucher, and we have three bottles of very Grow foliar spray to give away this morning as well, and three gorgeous books given uh, from Charlie Albone's latest book, Garden of Your Dreams. Now, I'm not sure if this book has been released or is about to be
2: released. We had to wait for it to be released. So it's now? It should be. Okay. I believe it should People, be out now. Yeah, I think we're, yeah. we're allowed to talk about it now. So therefore,
0: and, it's no longer embargoed. Obviously correct. not. We wouldn't be talking about it and it's available. Okay. So we look forward to chatting to Charlie coming up at 20 past eight. So
2: what else? Well, we do we do have a few emails, Ray. Okay. Nissa has written in and given tips on bandicoots because sometimes we get calls from people who aren't happy with the work of bandicoots in their garden. Mm. So she recommends a roll of mesh gutter guard cut to the desired length and secured with bamboo stakes makes an inexpensive but effective bandicoot barrier around precious plants. Okay, so do you dig that in around the base of you the plant? Don't really do you don't really need to. If you go, make it big enough to fit over the plant and go around. Bandicoots don't dig like rabbits and dogs do. I mean, right. they do, they do dig, but they're sort of um, in a more concentrated area. So you don't have they to. They drill down. Too much. They do go down. They do dig, but if your barrier is far enough out, no problem. Really, so they'd leave mm. it alone. And yep. They wouldn't jump over the barrier. No,
0: no. Gutter guards not very
2: They're not high. big jumpers. They can, they can get up uh, twenty-five centimeters. I've seen them jump.
0: They don't, are they climbers? Do they climb?
2: No, no. So okay. they can't go up walls oh, and into roofs and things. And, they're they're okay. pretty much ground level. Ground, Okay, mm. gotcha. So yeah, a low a low gutter guard will keep them out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Other things that might be out and about in your garden at the moment would be the furry caterpillars.
0: He's everywhere at, at my house. The <laughs> well, rotten little blighter.
2: There are hairy marys, and he's eaten whole leaves. Whole oh. leaves, mm. please. Oh, well, it's it's only short term, Ray. They mm. don't hang around for a long time. They mm. eat enough to complete their cycle, and then many of them, the white, the hairy, black hairy ones, will turn into the black and white tiger moth. Now, don't go killing all your caterpillars and then complain to me that nothing's pollinating your night flowering plants, okay? Mm. Because moths are very important as night pollinators. Mm. Things like dragon fruit, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. So just just be mindful of the link between caterpillars and, and night pollinating flowering. plants. Okay. Thank you for that. All right.
0: but you uh, day, All right. Yeah, let's go to Dawesville. Hi, Jenny. How's it going? Oh, not too bad, thanks.
3: I <clears> have <throat> a question about my passion fruit. It came up, it grew beautifully, flowered wonderfully and set fruit. But now they're all shriveling up and falling off.
2: Mm. Okay, yes. And that's very much related to temperature <laughs> and weather conditions. They tend to need warm weather. Um, what variety of passion fruit is it?
3: I have got no okay. idea.
2: Does it? Have you had fruits before?
3: Oh yeah, beautiful, absolutely what? beautiful. They're quite big normally,
2: but this year they're very small. And what colour? Uh, they're purple. Okay, all right. Because some of some passion fruit will f- uh, fruit during winter, uh, and that might be the yellow variety. But it, it seems the- to fr- it fruits twice a year. Okay so what i would recommend there's not much you can do about what's on there now if they have dropped but not shriveled to ripen them if they're green but still fully developed you can put them into a paper bag you can put it into a rice bag i've actually got a list here you can put it into a flour bag cover them with banana peels keep some apples near them cover with a linen cloth Store passion fruits near a heating cooker. Uh, Don't store passion fruits in the fridge and expose them to wood smoke. So these are some ideas that will help ripen the fruit. Now, I'd love to hear from any listeners if they've tried it. I've put a green green fruit this week into a rice bag, just the bag that you get the rice in, it's a cotton bag. And I'll I'll leave that for a week or two and check on it periodically and see if that does make a difference. Okay. Uh, I use produce bags. Would you be able to use those? You know, uh,
3: the drawstring ones. They're sort of like a netting.
2: I think we're looking for something a little bit more solid, possibly to keep the light out, but I'm not sure. It would be worth a try. All right. I might try two or three of
3: those things all
2: at once and Mm.
3: see which one works
2: and then report back. The if egg. they're shriveled, it's no good. No. Uh, the the fruit would probably be bitter, but if it's far enough along, you might be able to sweeten it up with sugar. <clears throat> the other thing that I would recommend is probably uh, September time when the plant starts putting on new shoots, cut it back by about a third, give it a feed, and top up with... Um, perhaps a clay and compost. compost. Uh, you can use a wetting agent so the water gets in there and stays there and then give it a good layer of mulch, maybe even manure, if you wanted to, and a controlled release fertiliser designed for fruiting plants. By doing that, okay. you kick on and you stimulate it to put out new shoots, which ultimately is where the fruit will develop. When it gets its right. first buds, give it... A, a hit of pota- potassium or potash. Right. And that'll okay will kick Thank it back into its cycle and get it fruiting over the warm weather.
3: Yeah, okay. Thank you very much for your help.
0: You're welcome, Jenny. Good luck, Jenny. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Cheers Bye. for that. And our rainfall, which is something that I've been wanting to know, uh, so far for August is sitting on 68.6 mils so far. Where are we? The sixth? Of August so and all of our rainfall this time last year in August was sorry well their actual total was 66.6 so we've we're we've, ahead of the we're, game we're ahead of the game for August yeah absolutely so but the average is 122 mils so we're hey,
2: halfway and it's yeah the first so it's looking not very the promising first week in the month
0: yeah exactly so it's looking very promising particularly with what's forecasted in the next few days it's awfully soggy out there but it's, it had to come it is yeah, mm. it had to come and we had a fairly dry uh, early start to the winter. So, yeah, here it is. As we say, we often feel that we're a month behind, don't we?
2: But, it, you know, last week when I managed to get out on that spring day, Ray, I was surprised at how quickly everything's moving. So things will will turn that corner. The, the sap's starting to flow. They're shooting. Get ready to feed. Look for those signs in mm. your own garden. Mm. Now is a good time to throw that wedding agent on if you're using a granule because it will it will work its way down through the soil. This is yeah. your preparation for the the warm, dry season coming, coming up. Yeah. So layering the garden, giving the plants a decent covering, uh really kind of put them to bed for the, the warm season. Do what you can now. Yeah, exactly. All right,
0: back shortly. Radio. 23 minutes after 8 you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye and as promised we're about to speak to Charlie L. Bone, author of Garden of Your Dreams. Charlie, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. How are you?
4: I'm very well. How are you this morning?
2: We're very well on this wet and wintry day in Perth. So, oh, where are we gosh, talking to nice you thing. from,
4: Charlie? Uh, I'm from, and, and it sounds very odd to say this, but sunny Sydney. Ah, <laughs>
2: uh, yes, yes. <laughs> We've had
4: such horrendous weather recently, so it's so nice to see the sun up in the sky.
0: Yeah, no, you, you absolutely, you absolutely have. Uh, you're a very busy man, Charlie. From our outside looking in, we'd, I wonder if your feet ever actually hit the ground with uh, so many, so many hats that you appear to wear. Um, mm. Yeah, but.
4: Well, you know what, it's, it's funny, I do do a lot. My wife tells me I do a lot and I need to calm down, but yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I do because it's, it's all gardening-based and I love it all. So, yeah, so it's
0: passion, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's the old adage, you know, you never work a day if you enjoy it type thing, but I, I really do. I love everything I do, so it never feels like work. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah.
2: That's, that's good. So where did you start, Charlie?
4: Um, well, actually, it's an, it's an interesting story. I, um, I was trying to get over to Australia to come on a, on a gap year and I witnessed a car accident with this drunk driver smashed into the front gates of his house and then took off. So I went in and said, oh, sorry, I didn't get the number plate, but it was, a, it was a black Vauxhall Calibra, and I was offered a job gardening.
0: Gosh! That
4: sort of, that's where it all started for me. Um, and then I came to Australia, and I was working for a friend's brother doing maintenance, and then I went to TAFE here and learned here. And when I was at TAFE, I, I was working for a guy who worked me to the bone, and I thought, this is not the way to do it. You know, you've got to enjoy yourself. So I started my own business thinking I'd work four days a week I ended up working seven days
0: a
2: week <laughs> yeah.
4: you know and then I, somehow I fell into television and, and you know it just kept going so yeah
2: oh That's you're awesome. on your your path for sure mm, yeah for sure and the garden of your dreams you you seem quite young so you seem to have done a lot and what what is the garden of your dreams?
4: Uh, it, it's my own garden, I have to say. I absolutely yeah. love it. You know, I've been doing gardening landscaping for 20, 20 years, 25 years, something like that. Um, and I've got a property on, on the New South Wales Central Coast and I just absolutely love it. I bought, I bought the place for the garden. It had amazing bones as far as hedges and trees go, which is the one thing, you know, you can't buy maturity like that. Oh, well, you can, you buy the house. Um, yeah, but then yeah. I could really uh, put my stamp on it and I ripped out a lot of the other garden beds and put in sort of plants that I love. It has an amazing climate. So I'm very lucky to have a garden that I love and it's featured throughout the book, actually.
0: Ah, good. And, and the book, how long did it take you to put this book together? Uh,
4: it, it was a lockdown um, project. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to write a book for a while and then I thought, you know, now's the perfect time, not knowing that everyone else would get into gardening and I'd have to go full speed yeah. uh, into in work that way. But I, I took the project on and, um, you know, I write every week for the Sunday Times in, in Perth as well. Um, so a lot of the writing came quite easily. It, it's finding all the pictures and putting yeah. it all together that takes the time, yeah.
2: And are you naturally a photographer? So when you're working out in your garden, when you kind of – tizzy up one area are you standing back like I do and and taking lots of photos of of those areas
4: uh look I'm terrible with my my phone and photographs I hardly ever pick it up I I might play some music through it and that's about it and then I you know I live in the moment with my gardens I love to kind of just look at them and and embrace the kind of feeling they give me rather than taking pictures of them Mm. but I'm not very tech savvy so that's probably why
0: so how, how will uh, our fellow gardeners, our listeners, benefit from this book? What will they get out of it?
4: Well, it's a book for, for all sorts of gardeners. So it's a, a book for beginners who have nowhere to start. It's a book for, for those who have got a green thumb who want to learn more. Yeah. And there's lots of sort of it, – it's a good combination of – aspirational images of stuff I've done but also practical advice of what I've learned and then there's a whole section on soil and plants and stuff like that which is my my passion so um yeah hopefully all gardeners of all different abilities can take something from it Mm
0: -hmm. and it's now obviously been released yeah and available pretty much everywhere
4: I believe so and on booktopia as well and yeah so um all good bookshops should should have it as well so yeah
2: there are a lot of ideas in here for for textures, surfaces, features. Most of the mm. photos have have an element other than plants. Yes. H- hardscaping. Is that Yeah,
4: when you well when you're designing a garden it's sort of um, it has to look nice and that comes from the plants, but you also want it to be practical because it's a space you want to be using. You know, I think Um, it sounds a little bit cheesy when you say a garden can change your life. But I actually, you know, I actually think it can. You know, if you've you've not got an outdoor space and then suddenly you have this amazing entertaining space and space to relax, it changes the way you live because you want to be outside, you want to be in it, you want to be creating those memories of your family out there. And and it can really change the way you are. And for that, you kind of need a practical element as well as it looking nice. So you'll see that throughout the book in, in a lot of pictures.
2: And I like this here, five questions to ask yourself before designing your garden. Mm-hmm. How do I That's want right. it to make oh. me feel? What do yeah. I want to get out of my garden? How much yeah. time do I have for maintenance? That's yeah, definitely big a big one.
4: That's a big one, yeah.
2: How much do I want to spend? And what style of garden do I prefer?
4: Mm. I can answer that. how much do I want to spend. Everyone yeah. says nothing. But... Ah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And what's, yeah. what's
0: trending at the moment uh, with garden design?
4: Well, you know, trends are, is, a, is a funny one to answer because yeah. a garden will take so long to mature, you really mm. have to pick something that just speaks to you and, and go for that because, you know, it, a garden is for you to use, not for a designer to use. They can help you lay out the space, but really it's, it's what you want it to look like is it, what you should go for. Although... Um, Because of COVID, there's so many more people gardening. And I love that trend that people are just getting their hands dirty and getting into it. Um, The Grow Your Own movement is is still going strong, which is is fantastic. Um, And there's a lot of people going towards sort of succulents and architectural plants and really um, taking a look at the beauty of those in their kind of sculptural form, which I I really like. And bringing them into a garden that might not be all succulents, which is great.
0: And you're coming to Perth later in the year for the Garden Festival I am, here. For
4: the garden Show. Yeah, I, I will be coming along which will be fun. I'm sure I'll be doing some talks and hanging around all weekend.
0: Fantastic. Sounds lovely. And uh, Better Homes and Gardens, what's your next mission? I know uh you're not on air for a couple of weeks are you because of the Oh,
4: because of the Com games. Yeah. But then when I get back, I'm doing a story about aquascaping actually, which is underwater gardening.
0: Oh my water. word.
4: But um yeah, so a bit of fun there. You know, that's something that's also taken off through COVID. People planting up fish tanks and and the fish becoming sort of secondary to all the plant life in in the garden. So that was a bit of fun. I went to a place that does aquascaping and and sort of played around with it. And they mocked me for being rubbish at it, but it was great fun. So you know, I'm going <laughs> to something I'm going to take up. I think.
2: Okay, now well, we, we look forward. To I fun. know yeah. it's not always about the finished result, is it? Like. It, the joy of gardening is is something in itself. The act of gardening process, rather than to have a finished product.
4: Absolutely. I mean, I learned this. Um, you know, I used to hate weeding. I used to think it's never done. It really annoys me. There's always weeds. Yeah. And as soon as I started to realize that there is always going to be weeds... I started to enjoy it because it was my time to zone out. It's a simple task to do. You you get away from the family and kids screaming in your ear for a bit. But then as soon as they need you, you can go back because you know it's never going to be done. So you're always satisfied with what you do because (laughs) doing something is better than nothing.
0: Exactly. And so how many landscaping jobs would you have on the go at any one time, Charlie? I've had a look at your website, Inspired Exteriors, absolutely amazing work.
4: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, we, we do design, construction and maintenance, so there's always some sort of project going on. Happening, um, yeah. we're, not, we're not a huge business. We might do sort of 70, 70 gardens a year, something yeah. like that. So yeah. it keeps us busy. Um, yeah. But, you know, on top of everything else, that, that's yeah, more than, nothing more than
0: <laughs> enough. more than And you've got a great blog as well. I was having a read-through of that last night. Really, really oh. uh, interesting reading, great tips. If people want to follow you, what's the best way to do that?
4: Uh, through through my Instagram, I guess, which is just Charlie and um, yep. You'll find me through there. Or you can, yeah, my blog is on the Inspired Exteriors website. Uh, I also write for the Sunday Times in Perth every week. Yep. So you can yep. catch a lot of that stuff there. Yeah, and of course, Better Homes and Gardens and, and through the book.
2: Actually, last weekend there was a lift out. You're on the front of it, the STM yeah. from the weekend newspaper. And yep. uh, I, I love what it says. Here, close your eyes and think about what you're, dream garden would look like mm. so i think all our listeners can do that
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: all right charlie we'll let you go busy boy uh thank you very very much we we have three books that we're giving away today to some lucky awesome. uh gardening listeners appreciate very much you giving us your time this morning and we wish you all uh, my the best pleasure. with all your endeavors going forward and we hope to meet you in due course when you're here in october
4: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Good man. Take care. We've we've got a chair in the studio when you're free. I'll be there. All
0: right. Cheers. Thank you for that. Bye for now. Bye. Okay. Very interesting. And we do have three books to give away. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be doing that sometime this morning. Let's go to Kelmscott. Brenda, hi.
2: Morning, Brenda. Oh, good morning. (laughs) I quite miss the first name. Um,
5: I'm phoning up about um, 2016. I decided I was fed up with arguing uh, in the veggie patch with caterpillars, etc. And it kills my back, all the bending. So I put in some dwarf fruit trees. And that was in about 16, year 16, some in 18. And some in nineteen. Uh, the only thing that, uh, unfortunately, they didn't realise they were dwarf trees, and some of them have gotten too high.
1: Mm.
5: And, and considering I've and I've also had a canopy put over one side of the veggie patch, and they're hitting the, the netting at the top. So of course I've kind of decapitated them in a way.
2: As you do, yes. <laughs>
5: yeah. So that wouldn't do them any harm, would it?
2: Not at but, all. No.
5: No. The only thing, uh, the Granny Smith apple that I put in May 2016, I did get three Granny Smiths off it last year. (laughs) Well, the last uh, time that we had fruit apples, I had three, all of three very small Granny Smith apples. Um, How long do you really wait before they fruit? Because they're quite healthy. The nectarine tree didn't get too big, was very healthy, but I only got one nectarine off of it and it was, looked very sorry for itself.
2: Well, Brenda, well, pruning will actually stimulate new growth and as long as you're not pruning at the wrong time and cutting off all the flowering wood, uh, a six-year-old tree should certainly be giving some good fruit if it's healthy.
5: Oh, right. Well, they looked healthy now.
2: So has them. it got leaves? I love
5: the cherry, the self-pollinating self, uh, black cherry
2: that... Uh, disappeared <laughs> well cherries are one of the the finicky plants that may not do well around Perth there oh, okay. are some varieties that will do okay but they certainly don't like our our climate as much and they are very much a cold cold liking plant so uh-huh. where are your granny Smith apples up to now do they have any leaves on them Just starting I think yeah. Okay, so, and flowers
1: um,
2: I haven't seen any okay from from what you're telling me, I think I would go in and give them a prune now because one of the most important things is to keep and manage your trees to the size that you want, especially if you have got some sort of canopy so so cleaning them mm-hmm. all up yeah. now, particularly the deciduous trees and citrus yeah. now is a good time for pruning. It is for all of the fruit trees, is it? Now is the best time, is it? Well, the best time is after they've flowered and fruited, okay? Oh, yeah. But for a lot of the deciduous trees, there won't be any leaves on them, so you can actually see the framework. And that's a good time to get in there and shape your tree and bring it down to the size that you want. When you do prune now, you'll get a a flush of growth in springtime the other thing is that you may, if you prune it too hard, you may be pruning off some of the, the fruiting wood. So oh, you may lose some fruit, but I think you're better off getting the shape and the size that you need and the fruit will come later.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's with you. Here. yeah. So cut yeah. out
2: any dead, dying disease yeah. wood. Uh, give your, your plants some um, maybe wetting agent or clay and compost. That will help hold the moisture and nutrients in the soil. A lot of plants now, you you could start giving some fertiliser because they're moving, the sap is flowing.
5: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, well, I've got what they call ginger soil improvement. It's got everything in it, fish oils, uh, sea salt, uh, fish oil and all the nutrients. It's They call it a soil improvement. I find it really as good as a, a um, what do you call it, a fertiliser.
2: Okay. Yes. Well, that. Yeah, yeah. But it won't be, from the sounds of it, it won't be a complete fertilizer. I like something that's got all the NPK and trace elements in it, and a controlled oh, yeah. release fertilizer will will feed your plants slowly.
5: Yeah. Okay. Well, I have got a bag of that too, but because I was going to use it on the fruit trees, but I thought I'd check first. Do you do that like
2: springtime when it starts to grow? When they're starting to grow, yes. So yeah, I've already yeah. Well, started. I yeah, I have locked off the top <laughs> because I got fed up with it.
5: them bending over at the top on the netting, you know, so mm. I cut them back, the top bit. but I didn't, because how long is it when you put in trees before they start fruiting? Well, I know it isn't.
2: Citrus can be about five years. Uh, the others, it, it depends on their growth and if they're getting everything they need. But right. I think Kelmscott. I think you've. There are some areas in Kelmscott that have got a amazing loam soil. So do, you, do yeah. You well, have... I have done. Yeah, because I've got three compost
5: bins that I keep moving, and they do very well with that.
2: <laughs> well, it sounds like you're on the right track. Just yeah. and but also use a good
5: that. You know, I'm thinking, well, how many more years have I got to wait for fruit? Apart from the Granny Smith, as I say, the first year, this this year, they they've uh, actually I did get three Granny Smith apples.
2: I think it might be a bit more about your pruning too, your pruning yeah, and your feeding. Sounds like
5: it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the pruning that's a problem more than anything else.
0: Okay, Brenda, we need to wriggle on. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for your call, okay. love. Take care. Bye. Cheers for that. Bye for now. And Rosemary in Warwick called in and she says she has snowdrops flowering at the moment. Usually don't flower until late August, early September. So that's actually the snowflake flower, isn't it?
2: I think Because the snowdrop, from what I
0: understand, is a very much a cold climate. Uh a little little bulb, whereas the snowflake has a little tiny dot on the petal. Little yeah. green. And mine are dot. popping up too. My my snowflakes yeah. are popping up too. Rosemary, well, everywhere. mine, mine you are flowering as heaps well. The bulbs, and I just plonk them here, there, and everywhere, and they in my pots, and they just push through everything else. and say, make way, make way,
2: and they're sweet. I th- I think bulbs are just a joy to behold. You know, when the weather's not very nice, and we go out there, and we see these yeah. little surprises, yeah. a burst of colour. Yeah. You know the like I said, the weather that we had last week on that Thursday was a spring day. Yeah. So You're holding on to that, aren't you? <laughs> well, plants do not mm. relate to a calendar. Do no, that. It's no. for them. It's about weather. So
0: Temperature.
1: Mm. We
2: keep saying it's early, and I was surprised. But maybe we just are, are paying more attention to some things, mm. realizing i I realized that I was late at pruning because everything's on the the move you know mm. i thought i was doing my winter pruning but yeah it's they're already bolting
0: mm, absolutely 94841927 Curtain Radio. you're with ray and faye this is let's talk gardening a little while ago we were chatting with charlie Elbone, author of garden of your dreams and most of you would know him as the Better Homes and Garden TV presenter as well. We have three magnificent books, Garden of Your Dreams, to be given away. We're going to make it open to everybody. The book will be sent directly to you from the eastern states. So what we need, obviously, is all, all of your details and we will pass them on to the publicists and they are going to mail that magnificent book directly through to you three gorgeous books to give away Garden of Your Dreams by Charlie L. Bone and trust me it's a a winner and I think it's it's a book that will very much sit on your coffee table and be a fantastic handbook and uh, easy to read easy to follow excellent tips in there uh, excellent ideas really worth getting your hands on this book 94841927 give Bev a call now 94841927 meanwhile we're in Mandra. Hi, Cheryl. How's it going? Hi, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
6: You're um, welcome. I belong, I belong to uh, Mandra Community Gardens. Yeah, and uh,
1: we've,
6: yeah. we've we've just um, pruned our grapevine. Uh, last year we had a big problem with uh, powdery mildew. And I was just wondering, is there a sort of an organic something we should be putting on the um, trunk and the
2: branches before they sprout or shoot? Mm. Um, One of the things that is often recommended for grapevines is a copper spray at pruning time and then again at bud burst. So that can help with fungal issues. The other thing is when the – well, two things. Make sure that when the plants are being watered, the water isn't spraying on their leaves. So what sort of irrigation system do you have?
6: Uh, We have a – a dripper um, but sometimes we supplement that with hand watering but usually it's on the ground level okay
2: all right good but keeping the the moisture off the leaves of course in rainy conditions uh, and where humidity is involved there's not a lot that we can do as far as the moisture getting on the leaves but the other thing is when you start to get a lot of growth prune back and thin out some of the growth so that there's airflow Okay. The other thing that uh, is recommended is spot spraying the leaves when you see it or removing okay. the leaves. Right. So that if you've got enough hands on deck that that could be one that you could tackle. Okay.
6: Just um with the printing back, is there a, like a, a system for that every back to five or Um, three or something buds?
2: It will depend on the variety of grape that you've got, Cheryl. So there's two different methods for pruning. One is a spur prune and the other is cane pruning. So if you're able to find out the variety of grape, then we determine which method of pruning to use. If you actually don't know, you can employ both methods. So... That, that way oh. you cover your bases. And we did that with oh, okay. one of mine last year and still had fantastic crops of grapes. Mm. Oh, okay. It's been there
6: quite a while before my time at the garden. So, um, But I, it is a green grape. Last year, we, we the powdery mildew went actually onto the small branches of grapes as well as the leaves.
2: Okay. Is it a seedless variety? Um, I didn't check. I'm okay. not sure. So. so when it does fruit, at that time let's try and identify what it is and put yep. you on the right track
6: great oh that's good things to go with thank you very much you're welcome cheryl
0: take care you help okay. Okay. you're welcome bye, bye. cheers bye. and i can see that uh, bev is run off her feet out there with uh, people trying to get through to win the beautiful books we are giving away this morning garden of your dreams so we shall talk amongst ourselves because uh, it
2: would be impossible to get a call through at the moment. All right. Well, Mary has sent us a very interesting photo, Ray, yeah, and I, I know think you were traumatised. I by... was
0: traumatised.
2: I absolutely was. <laughs> I, I opened it up went, oh, my Lord. Oh. So it looks like one of our Mertaceae species, one of our natives. Yeah. And this, it looks like uh, black dots, very dark dots, down the stems more so on on the hardwood the the mm. the brown dicks. do you
0: think it's scale no not
2: you at don't. all no nope. nope. because i have seen it's something horrible. very similar mm. on my uh cam vagata baykie vagata in our bushland And I've seen ants moving around. But when I've tried to squash it, it is hard, like rock hard. You'd have to get a hammer to crush it. It is Mm. that hard. Now, the research that I did on what was on our property back then, and I'm talking years ago, was determined to be lac insects. And I thought it was fascinating because they weren't causing any harm to the plant. They look like they're consuming it. No, they're not. They're not. They're like, it's like they've created little structures right. that are like glass and the shellac, you, do, have you heard of shellac? Yeah. Back, back yeah. in my younger days, I know my dad and my granddad would, would talk about shellac as a covering, like a varnish on furniture. Yeah. Now, lac insects, from lac insects, shellac is made. Now, I'm not sure. I've asked for more photos of this close up and I will go further. I actually have two specimens on my desk at home to get a further ID on what we have got because this plant is out in the bush and, and I think it's fascinating. I think it's a wonderful thing to have this biodiversity and we shouldn't fear everything that we don't understand. If we go a bit deeper, we can learn from it and understand what it's, doing that it's actually not doing harm to this plant from what i can tell mm. just because something it living looks there. dreadful oh yeah i don't think it looks no dreadful i know because, you and i have different yeah. head spaces i it's, look at that and the go the plant y- is very healthy on the tips yeah no, and no, these plants do do die back somewhat mm. uh, if it's in the bush or if it's in the garden oh mm. i i think it's amazing and i i hope that mary hasn't Nuked it, um, because I'd like to find out more about this, and if the insects are still living there, perhaps by putting the plant the the cutting back out there, mm. the insects can continue their their life cycle. Okay, it's very very important. Insects, as little as they are, are one of the biggest things. Mm. Without insects, mm. we will be in a lot of trouble. Oh, in absolutely,
0: one hundred percent agree. All right, now we're going to a short break. We do have the news coming up at 9am and uh, Bev is still toiling away out there. We shall be back shortly. Clinton Radio. Eight minutes to nine. You're with Let's Talk Gardening and Ray and Faye. We're heading to Southern River and saying good day to Ainsley. How are you?
1: Yeah, good morning, ladies. Ladies, um, I'd like to inquire, have a mango tree. That is starting to uh, flower very early in the piece. <laughs> yes, you you're not alone, Ainsley. <laughs> right. So, what do you think I should do? Take off the flower?
2: No, the moment, no. Let's not no. interfere. Look, in India they have two crops a year. No, no worries. Uh, right. We we cannot control the weather. The I think the plants know what they're doing. All the best you can do is look after your tree support your tree, make sure it's got everything it needs. With the rains that we're having and are still to come, now is a good time to um, make sure that the soil's not hydrophobic and sprinkle around a bit of wetting agent because the rains will wash it in. You could also use uh, clay and compost, you can add manure, you can add mulch and controlled release fertilizer.
1: Yes, I usually use uh, sort of cow manure, blood and bone and a bit of slow release.
2: Okay, that sounds wonderful. I would then put mulch over the top, a chunky mulch over the top that will let the water through but help the plant from not drying out when we get winds and and hot weather.
1: Okay, so I let it go as it is at the moment and don't remove the flowers.
2: No, 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 just... (laughs) Let it, whatever will happen, will happen. You know, we might get this next lot of rain and cold weather and then boom, we're back to last Thursday, 23 degrees. and it's all over the place. Away it goes.
1: Right, right.
2: I wish I had a crystal ball.
1: (laughs) So do I. (laughs) No worries. Thanks, ladies. I'll go with that.
0: Good on you, Ainsley. Cheers for that.
1: Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye for now. All
0: right. And uh, Bev's just putting up the winners for the book Garden of Your Dreams. We have Cheryl from Marangaroo, Robin from Leaming, and Kay from Thornley. Uh, thanks for playing with us, guys. You're going to love this book. And uh, we do have other prizes to give away this morning. Coming up $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees to go shopping, and three bottles of Very Grow Foliar Spray from Veri Grow to give away this morning as well.
2: Okay, all right. So Frances has sent us an email um, about her citrus trees. My lime was loaded with buds a few weeks ago, but now most of it is falling off and only a few left. When is the best time to fertilize the citrus tree? Well, it's quite normal. Often citrus will only Set about five percent of the fruit. A lot of flowers will drop, and so will small fruits. So you know, this morning I've talked a lot about how to to feed and how to prepare citrus tree. You will find that the best time to trim them is after they've fruited. Francis has also sent a photo of a calamansi lime, which is absolutely loaded of fruit. Yes. Yes. Okay. So after the fruit is picked, or even as I'm picking fruit, I sometimes will take the stem back, so we're reducing the foliage. Mm. Now, now is a good time to prune your citrus. And like I've already talked about this morning, the layers, the wetting agent, the clay and compost, the manures, uh, and then a thick layer of mulch, any or all of those. And I think for best results, a controlled release fertilizer, minimum of spring and autumn, will get you through. It's mm. very easy to apply. You can buy it in bulk. It won't burn because it releases slowly. Mm. And at least when I ask you, what have you fertilised with, you'll be able to tell me a complete fertiliser designed for flowering and fruiting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it enough. Yeah. You know, it it can work. Um, so we've also received an email from Paula and she wants to know about possums. Now, we'll come back to this, Ray. John's brought me in a lot of information, so I'll decipher that while the news is on. Yeah, okay. Now, we're heading to Warnborough. We're talking about avocado tree. Ray, hi. Morning, oh, Ray. Hey, Ray. How are you? Morning, oh. Ray and Faye. <laughs> How can we help you? Oh, um,
7: My avocado tree oh, is about six years old, I suppose, and it fruited a
2: couple
7: of years ago. But it's taken a hammering with this wind, obviously, so a lot of other trees. But it seems to be dying back. Can I prune it back or cut it back to – it was about 12 feet tall. At the moment, it's about 10 feet tall. So, mm. but no, got no leaves on it.
2: Worn bra. Um, okay. Oh, that's not nice. It is. is it? it is.
7: No, mm. it, it does get a fair bit of wind, unfortunately. Okay.
2: If, if there is anything that you can do to protect it, like putting, if putting in... it
7: below that, it'll be below the fence line. Like, I've got a high fence, so okay. I can get it below that. But that's what I'm asking. Can I, can I actually... Can you cut them right back? Or is it I, fine I now or not really?
2: I wouldn't do it now because they are very sensitive to, to cold and to die back. And I think if yep. you interfere with that now, that it will actually set it back further. I would wait until October. Yep. And at that time, do you cutting back? But, you know, talking about the winds, so this is very timely because with the weather conditions that we've had this week, fences have blown down, you know, trees have been snapped off. We could go to that next level of understanding how wind works. So when I see a lot of fences around and often there's nothing either side of them so you've got wind tunnels created down the sides of houses and where wind comes from one way and there's nothing on the other side boom you know that's a fence that's got a high risk Mm. of going to blow over Mm. we can change how wind moves through by planting shrubs by creating microclimates around the plants so if If you were to plant a shrub beside it, things like um, uh, maybe sugar cane, which will grow tall, shrubs, hardy shrubs that will will break up the wind as it moves through. Lily pillies are a great one. They're bushfire retardant and they also can be pruned to any shape. But when you slow wind down... It changes the way it moves. When wind comes through and it hits a fence, the wind goes up, but it also tumbles on the other side. Yeah. So it's hard to explain. But, but knowing that, you could do a Google search and you could work out, plant a few other things around it that, that break up the wind as it's moving through and give oh, that. Yeah, a I, I understand of what you're
7: saying. Yeah. If, if you've got like a fire out, if you've got a fire outside, say a, a wood pit out the back, and the wind's blowing from the west, well, the wood, the smoke in the backyard's going the wrong way. You're thinking, well, it's not. It's, the flag's flying that way, but it's going this way because it's, it's like like you just said, it's it's spinning around in that area and going mm-hmm. up and down and doing all sorts of stuff. So, all right, well. Could I send you a photo of this tree? Because I'm, I'm a bit worried about it if I should take it to the next level, you yep, know? Yeah, um, sure. The time the time, you can actually cut them right back to nothing. Yep, that
2: would like, be a good loads. idea, Ray, because then we can follow up on, on that using that as an example.
7: Okay, thank you. Um, what, what do I, send, can it I send it to... It
2: uh, you can, can you email it, Ray? If
7: um, yes, I can load it to my computer, yeah. <laughs> you can Have
0: do you got it. a smartphone? yeah. Yes. So we just take a photo and use your smartphone to email it to us. Yeah? All right. Yep. All right. Watch gardening the, the gardening at
7: curtainfm.com
0: All right. Gardening at Gardening at And there's no R A in the curtain. It's C-U-R-T-I-N. To you. C-U-R-T-I-N. Gardening at Curtin dot AU. We have to go to the news, Squire.
7: Okay, thank you. Okay, okay.
0: take care. Bye, bye. Okay, thank you. Temperature has dropped. Sorry, jumped up to 12.7 degrees. We're heading for a maximum today of 18. Showers are increasing, and the minimum overnight will be 10 with a maximum tomorrow of 18 and showers tomorrow as well. Also on Monday the same minimum overnight 10 with a maximum of 18. And our rainfall so far for August, 68.6 mils, which is rather snazzy, wouldn't you say, Fakari?
2: I would. I just love John's spreadsheet.
0: Oh, yes. He's very analytical as our John, <laughs> isn't he? And very precise. And he's very fast to correct us I mean, when we are... That's
2: outstanding. Is that 10 years of rainfall figures? Yes, it is. Yes. That's he d- just he pulls phenomenal.
0: This... Yeah. Yeah, no, he pulls this up every, every week for me. So, yeah uh it's it's a it's great information and i am fascinated uh by rainfall and i do like to know where we're at especially with what we've just gone through in the last week you know we feel like we've uh just Mm. about drowned out there but okay coming up uh very soon we're chatting with darren thorpe we're talking about all the dirt podcasts it's an award-winning podcast that uh Darren has been working with her for how many years now? We'll ask her that question. I know she's up to one hundred and seventy-five podcasts. Oh my word! Okay, so all right. Well, she's she is online now. Okay. Did you let's want go. you wanted to say
2: something? Oh, I've got an email to go to, but I can do okay. that later, right? All right. Okay, Darren, you're with Ray and Faye. How are you going? Really well. Good. Really well. Lovely to be speaking with you this morning. And you too, Darren. Not that we've talked. Uh, We've talked very recently, actually, and it's interesting. You're on the other, other side of the microphone this time. I am. I am. So, of course,
8: I, I, I produce with um, my dear friend Steve Wood a um, yes. garden podcast called All the Dirt, and our last guest was, of course, Faye Carlo,
2: gardening (laughs) host and ecologist. (laughs) Well, a a few people have listened and we've got some good feedback, Darren, but it is a wonderful podcast. You've been working at this for some years now and have won an award for the excellent podcast.
8: Yeah. We've won a couple of awards um, with the Horticultural Media Association of Australia. Um, Twice it's been voted not voted, it's been judged the best garden audio in Australia um, and we were really chuffed to, to find that. And, um, yeah, five years ago we started. Steve and I used to be excited when we first started if we got, I don't know, a h- couple of hundred people listening. Um, but now we've had, I don't know, about 1.2 million downloads. Wow, that's
2: phenomenal. Well done. Congratulations.
8: It is. What we like about it, I guess, is that we get to talk with people and sort of um, delve a bit deeper because say you have a guest on the gardening show, you you can only really give them, say, five or ten minutes or 15 if you're really, really, you know, um, got a lot of time on your hands. But um, we can can go up to an hour, half an hour, talking about people, who they are, and really, finding out about their passions.
0: Yeah, much more in-depth cover for absolutely. Yeah, so, it's, it's a
8: different way. It's a different way to do it. And then sometimes Steve and I get together and do like a winter pruning special or a spring gardening special. Just where the two of us talk about. We don't have a guest, um, and surprisingly, those ones are even more popular than when we do have guests because. Um, it's a lot of the how-to of what you should be doing at that time of the year more practical for
0: people Mm, so how mm, do people uh locate all the dirt podcasts how do they what's the easiest way to access it
8: well if they put all the dirt into their search engine our website will come up and you can actually listen on the website but it's so much easier with podcasts if you've got a smartphone um, to download them to your phone. So if you've got an Apple phone, there's actually a little purple um, symbol on there which is the podcast app. You go in there, you press on the magnifying glass and you put in the podcast you want to listen to, like all the dirt. And once you find us or any other gardening podcast, it will suggest other ones for you to listen to. But if you don't have an Apple phone, if you have one of the Androids, you normally don't have um, a podcast app that comes with the phone and you have yeah. to download one. But yeah. there are hundreds out there. They're all free to download. And the same thing, you just, you know, um, download all the, you know, you go in and find all the dirt and um, and download it. And because we've done 170 or 74 podcasts, um, a lot of people, you know, listen to a few current ones, of course they'd want to listen to Faye, um, and then they'd go back to the beginning or they they go back and listen to lots of the other ones.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's such a brilliant way of storing information I think.
8: Yeah, it is it is, it, it, it's Um. I don't know, it's really good and the whole reason we do it is that we are
2: learning about, we are learning ourselves Well that's right Darren. I mean in the gardening field you can specialise in one thing but it's amazing. You can't know everything. And, and speaking to special guests, you get a better understanding about tweaking, you know, whether it's a, a particular fruit tree or fungi or slime moulds or <laughs> you name it. So, of course, the weather we've had right now has been cold and wet and windy. What are your favourite plants in the garden? What your are those performers, yeah. yeah, that are just... Yeah, outshine everything else. Well,
8: Faith had a bit of a sneak peek because when people come to do a podcast with me, we always have a garden tour. So I showed her the plant at the moment that I think is one of the best imports, one of the best plants that's been out here, maybe for the last five years. Um, It's called Calyx Feather Falls. Ah, yes. all of the carrots are actually grasses. They're true grasses. Mm-hmm. And this one has beautiful um, foliage. It sort of weeps and yeah. it's um, yeah. variegated. So it's green and white, uh, very delicate looking. But what And it's called feather falls because um, in the springtime, no, more like summertime, it has um, a couple of feather, feather-like flowers that come yeah. up. That's not, for me, its greatest It's greatest attraction. Um, but um, what I love about it is it will grow in the ground. It makes a beautiful free-falling mound. It just looks gorgeous. It will grow in full sun. It will grow in part shade. It will grow in full shade, as long as it gets a little bit of dappled light. I think. And then it also grows in a hanging basket. Yeah, so yeah. How adaptable is that? It's tough as old boots. Mm. Will of course like a little bit of water in summer, like most things. Um, and it looks fantastic. So that's a favourite of winter.
0: Very versatile.
8: Then, mm. Yeah, super versatile, and will suit most gardens. Whether you've got um, something very structured and minimalist, through to I have mine. The position I like the most. I've actually got a sculpture in the garden, and I've actually got um, planted around it are the feather falls. So they sort of fall at its feet. So you look up.
5: Oh,
8: looks.
9: I think it looks
2: good there. I managed to find a special treat in, in Darren's garden. I spied a little leafy plant, a bulb that popped up, called an arasema. Or ah, you, yes. green hood or monk's hood, something along those lines. Snake, sometimes they say cobbler plant yes. because the flowers almost look like a, yeah. a cobbler's head, so they say. And then last weekend, I know this is a bit off track, but we went on a slime safari up to Margaret from Mundaring's property and she also had a patch of Aracema. So I managed to get a few of those. So very, very excited. It's lovely to swap and share plants, isn't it, Darren? It
8: is. Mine was given to me by my friend Carol, who's not with us anymore. And, um, you know, when it's out, um, you know, in some parts, parts of the country it's considered to be a terrible weed Um, but it's not wet enough here for it to become a weed so um, you know uh, any listeners in the southwest if you've got a damp spot probably don't put it there so that's um, looking that always looks good it has beautiful marbled foliage Um, while you grow it for the flowers um, the foliage looks good in summertime mine tends to sort of disappear um it semi, well, it hibernates anyway, so mm. it disappears, so that's good. But i tell you what's been looking great all through um, winter and that's my tea roses. Uh,
0: oh, right. Yes.
8: So tea roses are a rose variety. They were the forerunners of the hybrid tea and they actually flower super well through winter and spring. They don't flower as much through summer, but I think that's good in our climate because
0: yeah, I do too. you know, it's
8: hot, the flowers get small and oh. often burn when it's really hot. Um, and the other thing I like about them is you, don't prune them. you can prune them, but really you normally leave the bushes for the first couple of years yeah. and then um, you just prune to size and they just flower their heads off. So I'll tell you my most favourite one would be one that people know as Duchess de Brabant, but that's not her real name. Her real name is de La Berte.
0: Oh my goodness! So, and what colour is that?
8: It's pink. It's a shell pink. Yeah. The flowers are double, but they're not. Haven't got huge amounts of petals, but they're really beautiful. Um, and they have what we call nodding heads, yeah.
1: uh, which means the
8: flowers hang down. Um, we're we're a rose lover. I'm a rose lover, yeah. so I call it nodding heads. Some people call it weak necks. But not oh, next. oh,
0: okay. And of course, you're not no. fighting chilli-thrip either.
8: Well, um, at the moment, I'm not fighting chilli-thrip. But yeah. as soon as the weather warms, yeah. I will be spraying. So yeah. um, the only way, just to make sure, I mean, I got rid of it last year, but I'm sure mm. it'll be back. So I'll be using um, Success. Yeah.
0: Um,
8: um, I think it's, well, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be with us. Um, I made some mistakes early on with my roses and chili thrips, thinking they would be able to outgrow it, and then I thought pruning them hard yeah. would actually solve it, but that doesn't solve it either. so no. well,
2: it was interesting it's- a few years ago, Darren, we were tackling the potato tomato salad, and now we we barely hear anything of that, so my hope is that that the biological control will kick in, and predators and parasites will recognise the thrips and and start to target them, and the the predator populations will build up to take them out. Yeah,
8: I I agree with you. That's why I held off so early because I mean I don't spray for you know aphids or or anything, and I don't even do anything if I get um I, I do get a bit of mildew on a couple of my roses, and I I I have done the bicarb sprays, but to be honest, you've got to get onto it really early with the bicarb sprays, and they. Yeah, they they do work but they're not they're not they're not the answer. You've got to use yeah. something stronger and I don't wanna use any of that stuff because as we all know, to have a good garden it's all about the biology in the soil. If you're using fungicides, um it's gonna affect all the, the good fungi. Yeah, the, the mycorrhizal fertilizer. fungi. Yeah. So it's it's a really hard task. Um normally if I do spray I try and put a um a cloth not a cloth like a, a barrier so like a on
0: into um, on the ground
8: yeah like mm. ca- not, i say canvas but these days although what we call canvas is normally made of some sort of plastic mm. on the ground to try and um, limit um the, yeah. the block yeah. to the ground but it's not easy in a cottage garden let me assure you <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and and tell us uh perth garden festival what will you be doing there
8: um, well, I do two things for the festival. I've organised the speakers, so we have the speakers tent, um, which runs every day. So I've just submitted that, and that's up online now, I think. Um, and
2: I'm there with um, Darren. Are you moving around a bit? Because I don't know our phone line
0: isn't too great. Are you yeah. there?
2: Uh, could have been my arm moving around, being excited.
0: Yeah,
2: I know.
8: Were <laughs> okay. you talking with your hands? <laughs> yeah, I was talking with my hands. I'm, I'm, I'm still now. I'll be still. I'll sit and be still. Thank all you. Right, I'll carry on. Get, I'll try not to get too excited. Um, yes. Yeah, so I work in the clean heat kitchen. So yes. I've organised four chefs who come in and every day a different chef um, cooks a different meal using lots of vegetables. And I compare it and talk about all the veg that's being cooked. Um, And the great thing about it is that after every single cook, um, we hand out samples to all the the audience. So um, it's really good fun. So, you know, obviously, this is the first time it's been held in spring because it was um, delayed. So normally I'm always talking about, you know, I hope you've got your um, garlic bulbs in. But we'll be in spring, which actually is sort of called in vegetable gardening the hungry time. Um, because we're between the time of the winter crops and the summer crops. So perhaps we'll be talking a little bit what, about what you can grow at that time. But next week, next weekend, I'm going to be at NANUP.
0: Ah, uh, yes, the NANUP Festival. It kicks off, doesn't it? Yeah.
8: It does kick off. So the next weekend they've got costa down there. I'm there, I'm doing a couple of wicking bed workshops, although I think they're full. I've got a free workshop I'm doing talking about growing citrus. Fantastic. Um, I'm doing a a wonderful event with Guy Jeffries, who's um, one of the best chefs. And as you know, he grows all of his... He's out at Millbrook um, and Bunkers Bay and grows all of the vegetables they use in their restaurant. Um, So I'll be cooking with him and then doing some panel sessions. So... um, I'm working very hard when I'm down there.
0: You are. Three
8: sessions a day.
0: (laughs) You're a busy lady. You're a really busy lady. I am.
8: And and today I'm even busier because it's finally sunshine and I've got to do a bit more rose pruning.
0: Yes, yes. Well, it looks
8: like a good day for it. Yeah, I've got my working jeans on. I've also got to do some washing. So yes. <laughs> Tell us about it. You had all, all week it. to yeah. do the washing,
0: Darren. <laughs> yeah, but it's been raining. Try and, and get I, it dry so, mm. Yeah, I like
8: I like to have it outside. I don't like to use a dryer. Yeah,
0: exactly. People. I'm with you. <laughs> I all think right, it's look. wasteful. All right. Well, we'll let you get on with it, young lady. Yeah, and thank you very much uh, for ex-
2: ex- speaking with both of you. Yeah, and you too. Thank you, Darren.
0: All right. Okay. We'll be See in you. touch. Take care. Okay. Happy thank gardening. Cheers. Bye for now. Okay, we'll be back shortly. You're with Ray and Faye, 23 minutes after nine. And this is Let's Talk Gardening. And Faye's got a mouth wide open, so
2: I'll let you speak. Okay, well, back to Paula's email. She's been living in the same new place for a couple of years, but recently has discovered what she thinks is possum droppings around her courtyard. Although she hasn't seen any possums, she's confident it's Possum droppings and not rats. Anyway, I, you know, Paul, I would love it if you could get a trail cam and set it up out there to confirm what it is because mm. if something's coming back every night, I mean, just imagine if it was another native marsupial, something that wasn't even on our radar. Mm. Anyway, to deter it, which is what she's after, John's come up with quite a few things. Uh, so a brew tea. There is a special variety called Lapsang Souchong Tea and it has a strong smoky scent that possums don't like. You can also make a stink bomb and that's getting an old stocking or sock and filling it up with blood and bone fertiliser and putting that up there. You can hook up a net. You can also use lead lights, so pretty up your garden with solar lights that come on at night time. You can spray fish oil, which is mm. another deterrent. Well, I guess some of the, the seaweed products might actually work the Help same. So well. cover two birds. What do you say? Cover
0: two birds with one stone. Yeah, I think so. so it's sort of something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kill two birds with one Kill stone. We're, we're switched on, aren't Okay, we? Uh, And light uh, and sound and yeah. think fencing barriers but mm. if you don't know what you're dealing with it's a bit hard to work out what you would actually be fencing like mm. where are they coming from i love the idea of a trail cam you can pick them up for about 80 dollars, and mount them up they're battery operated they'll download to a sd card and then you can do your own surveillance mm. so that would be cool Just come in, Mary from Rockingham has sent a photo that she picked up this plant at a church fete a couple of years ago, and she's been delighted with its first flowering. This is actually a Hamanthus elba or paintbrush lily. So, very wide, strappy leaves that will multiply as time goes on. And they have a beautiful flower, tall flower, white on the outside with yellow stamens in the center. they're they're lovely winter flowering Marge has sent in a photo of a native French penny she wants to know what has caused the trunk to split full length well this can often happen I can't tell you exactly what has happened to it but what I have learned is that you can actually repair this damage, Marge so if you've got a really sharp knife something something like a pocket knife or something along the lines of a potato peeler that will give you the ability to scrape down the edge of the outside bark and so by by scarring the bark and exposing the inside wood, the tree will heal itself mm. so you do that on the left and right of the of the split of the split that's yeah, right I
0: encourage it to.
2: It will actually Close heal over. itself. If mm. you look at good tree pruning work, mm. you can see how how trees actually repair themselves where branches mm. come off. Yeah. It actually makes what looks like a donut mm. and that will tell you that it, it's been a good ha- cut because it's been done in a spot that the tree would naturally be able to repair itself. Trees are just amazing. Yeah. I learnt that from Chris Oliver. Okay. Now, we have received Another email, and this is from Gary, and his title is Planning for Tree Mitigation. So certainly uh, it was a a lengthy email, and Gary, thanks very much for this. I found it very interesting, Mm -hmm. and I actually found myself like Googling and researching a a bit more about the topic. He's talking about a book that's called Safer Gardens, and it's about plant Flammability and Planting for Fire by Leslie Corbett. So we will certainly put this on our list of uh, topics, yep. topics to discuss. We have briefly talked about this at different times over the years. Uh, it is important, just as you you plan for wind, we've talked a bit about buffering wind this morning, but also planning for, for bushfire season and pruning, can be an important way of managing keeping your shrubs low, not letting your your bushy shrubs get to four meters high mm. that are then linking to the trees above. So you you want to break fire. Mm. You want to plant plants close to your house that will be fire retardant. Um, and there's lots of different ways that we can do that. It it's also very important. The topic of water and what we should be watering, and how much water we should be using. But bushfire mitigation is a big consideration when we're we're looking at what to plant in our gardens. Yes. And biodiversity—it's so important. I would hate that in the coming years that that gardeners give up on gardening. Yeah. A diversity of plants because we will all be numbed down to some common hardy plants Mm. but there's there's lots that we can choose from Mm. I think bulbs will be a great performer because they go dormant when it's conditions aren't right for them they disappear but they brightly come up when the rains come when it's cold and wet Mm
0: -hmm.
2: okay (laughs) thank you now
0: how would you like to win three bottles of a very grow foliar spray Verigrow, it's an innovative all-purpose fertiliser and soil improver made using 100% Australian wool. It's a sustainable and rich source of amino acids. So VeriGro is an organic and inorganic source of nitrogen. The inorganic nitrogen provides an immediate source of nitrogen, while the organic nitrogen provides a slow release and longer-lasting effect. So you can use VeriGro on everything, including lawn, fruit trees, vegetables, flowers, natives, herbs, and more. Search fairygrow.com.au if you'd like to learn more. But if you'd like to try it, here is your chance. You must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Be the third caller through now to Bev on 94841927. You must be able to collect, of course, these foliar sprays from Curtin Radio Station. Give Bev a call now nine four eight four one nine two seven and three bottles of very great foliar spray belong to you go to it
2: now ray last weekend we talked about wildflowers and once again in today's lift out travel guide there is another wildflower spectacular show showcasing short drives long drives where to see wildflowers at this time of year of course, all this rain means we're having another bumper wildflower season. I hope so. But if you're not able to get away and mm. out and about, there mm. is somewhere close to home. Well, we've certainly got Kings Park. Yes. We've got Bold Park. We've got Alice Brook. There are lots of wildflower trails around Locally, yes, close but also Whiteman Park. Now, I was out there in the holidays and I met the lovely ladies at the Information Centre, one of who is an avid listener. And they gave me this beautiful little wildflower book and it's a compilation of wildflowers that you might find in the Whiteman Park bushland. Mm. It's got a selection of orchids as well as colour-coded pea flowers and banksias and christmas trees and and all sorts of things so my nine-year-old grandson was pretty keen he had a look and he was able to keep his eyes open and match up some of the wildflowers in this little oh, pocket brilliant. book because so, Lightman
0: park is huge whereabouts oh, did you go
2: we went to the uh Caversham wildlife park oh yes yes but yes the, the car parks are big. They have wonderful yeah. playgrounds there. Yeah, it's brilliant. Of course, Eddie took the kids into the lolly shop. Oh,
0: yes. Been in there. <laughs> mm. I get salty licorice in there. Ah.
2: Love that. Yeah, can't buy it everywhere. Um, and you could hire bikes too. And yeah. Like four people can get on a bike and ride yeah, around. there's lots to, to do there. Pool. There's a, there's, Everything is there. There is. And there's the. Is there a car museum there? Yes. Don's involved in the He's involved in the
0: bus preservation society there, Mm. absolutely. And they've got the uh, dog parks there as well dog free parks. So you can take, let your dog have a good run around uh, in an enclosed environment. They're great. Uh, There's cafes. Everything is there at Whiteman Park. It's a really good spot. And I think it's developing further. There's a lot more projects going on out there so it's going to be
2: bigger than Ben Hur. Oh and I tell finished. you what too the the gardens in the wildlife park are amazing they're mature so I know there's a lot about the animals there but a lot of kangaroos just, wild around mm, the area too. but the landscaping in there and the mature mm, trees mm. and and yes aroids and Lots and lots of different do you things. You do have to be
0: careful of go. kangaroo droppings everywhere, though. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere through the park. Yeah, you got to watch them. Well, where you, you wouldn't walk. wear
2: your high heels, you? Wear would, your would not.
0: Boots. You would not. Now, we do have a winner for the Very Grow products. Congratulations to Marjorie of Well, we know Marjorie. Good on you, love. And uh, I hope you can pop in to collect the bottles of uh, foliar spray soon. They'll be ready for you at reception okay and we're open generally receptions around 9am to 2pm are safe times to pop in weekdays so that's for a very great foliar spray all right we do have one more giveaway coming up we shall do that soon and our lines are free 94841927 oh i suppose we can't play our song yet can we ray well, no. Okay, would you like me to do the next giveaway and then we can play yeah, our song? On. Is that what you'd go like on. to do? I'd love okay, to. Okay, all right. So on top of the very grow foliar sprays, we're giving away $75 gift voucher. Up for grabs, compliments to carry from Bigger Trees up in Pickering Brook. What can you buy with $75? Well, Bigger Trees specialise in frangipanis, ornamental and fruit trees. And there is so much more to choose from. They have a wonderful indoor plant display and their citrus is still fruiting and there's blossoms appearing on stone fruit. The camellias and azaleas still showing great colour. So you must check out Trees website and also their Facebook page to see and learn oh so much more. Now you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here's John's question for you. In a song from 1958 by The Coasters that was also a hit, for Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs in 1964, what are you going to need an ocean of calamine lotion for? (laughs) In a song from 1958 by the Coasters that was also a hit for Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs in 1964, what are you going to need an ocean of calamine lotion for? Give Bev a call now, 94841927. Okay,
2: next. All right, so... Uh, I've been asked Oh, the dates for the show uh
0: the Perth Garden Festival, 27th to the 30th of October. Yes. Hopefully it won't be too hot. But it shouldn't be. You never know. Oh, you You, you can pick it. It's just a nope. lottery. But, yes, the Perth Garden Festival is happening on the 27th to the 30th of October, and it'll be at Langley Park. Yes.
10: Mm, won't it?
2: Mm. We all look forward to that. Yes, I can't be there oh, to give my talk on the day, unfortunately, because we are having a boho bash for my daughter's upcoming wedding so what's a boho well, bash well it's you wear boho chick and it's at faye's Funhouse. house faye's fun
0: house. yeah well your place is a bit of a fun house how cool is that it is boho a bit cool
2: chick. yeah oh,
0: okay because this is in anticipation of your gorgeous daughter getting married very yes. soon
2: yes i'll be yeah. the mother of the bride uh-huh mm. i know gorgeous So also coming up on the What's On calendar is the 13th and 14th of August, the Southeastern Orchid Show. So it's their annual show and state orchid championship at the Cannington Exhibition Hall. And there's lots on offer there. There'll be orchids and bonsai, cactus and succulents, African violets, ferns and more. So that's a date for your diary, folks. Now, Ray has sent us in a photo of his avocado. It is not looking very happy. We will probably talk about that next week. Now... Ray, when you're not going to be with us next I'm week. I'm
0: having a medical procedure on Tuesday, and I will be away from the show for a couple of weeks whilst I recover from that. Uh, so I've got lined up. We've got Chris Bartlett with you next week, and the following week Gillian Bush is jumping in for me as well. So they will fill in whilst I'm away. You better not have any garden designers on air while <laughs> I'm away. Whenever I'm absent off this show, I read the oh. I read the list, and you put in all the good stuff. Oh yeah, so I put the good stuff on every week. (laughs) Well, stuff I like is what I'm actually referring to. What would you like to be listening to? Well, you know I like flowers. You know I like all of that, all the pretty stuff. Yeah. So it's okay to talk about flowers. I just
2: can't have the people in the studio again. Well, you can still. do whatever you like. I oh, I shall be listening. Well, we're, we're staying COVID free here. We're doing our
0: best. Mm. And it's kind of working, you know, I lie low and, you know, touch wood. I'm touching my head and I know we all do our best out there avoided COVID so far and I mm. want to continue on because I've got to get through this procedure this week and you know it'll it'll it, yeah if I get You're COVID it, if I get COVID I'm on the home stretch it won't happen we've got a winner of our $75 gift voucher Julie of Thornley so the gift voucher from Bigger Trees will be on its way to you this week Julie thank you for playing you will enjoy that very much you will love wandering around up there at Bigger Trees now the question was In a song from 1958 by the Coasters that was also a hit for Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs in 1964, what are you going to need an ocean of calamine lotion for? Well, of course, the answer is Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy by Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. 94841927. Catching Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Get your questions in now. Fifteen minutes of the programme remaining. We're in Safety Bay. We're talking about garlic with Tanya. Good morning.
9: Hi, Hi Tanya. Tanya. Good morning, Ramsey. How are you? Really good, thank well, you. thank you. That's yes, good. Now I've got a real question about my garlic. I mean, I've grown it quite a few times and I've never had what's just happened just recently. I did plant them early in April and then you've got the main garlic stem come up, and then the garlic stems have just recently sort of died, turned over, and I thought, okay. But now what's happening is I'm actually getting new shoots, little shoots coming up, and so it's regrowing again. I pulled the bulb, I pulled the plant out, and you can see the garlic cloves themselves are all shooting instead of maturing and getting bigger.
2: When... So when you planted, we did you plant individual cloves? Yes. Hmm. And and so now they've clumped up and they're yes. all shooting again, are they? Yes.
9: And the original shoot sort of, and the leaves sort of died, and I thought, oh, what's going on? And it didn't die, but actually browned off. You know how it is when you're supposed to pluck mm. them, to take them out of the ground yep. to say that they're ready. And then I put my finger around. And I thought, no, there's no mature... Uh, bulb there but now all i said pulled one out said what's the, what's going on pull one out the other day and now
2: i've got all the individual clothes are shooting hmm okay well yes uh, so you, <laughs> i can understand okay. what's happened and uh, you you won't by the sound of it be able to harvest that like you normally would there would be not much benefit I think maybe just l- let it Let it go, let it die down and see what happens when it's mature. See, when garlic is getting ready for harvest, you turn off the water and you let all the energy, like you do with bulbs, go from the leaves into the plant. Yeah. And my father-in-law used to just, for the the stems, just used to turn them over and turn the water off and you leave them for about a month and then the bulb swells and the, the tops die down. And then yeah. you're basically harvesting it out of dry dry soil, and all yeah. the the sand will fall off. Yeah. But mm, so it sounds like it's matured and then regrown, which yeah. in in the short time is quite unusual. With could have there been any left from last season? No, I planted in a new soil. Right. And April. I mean, that's not too early because I know people who do garlic often plant as March. early as March. Mm.
9: Yeah, usually normally with the first rains. I mean, last year I had quite a successful crop. I didn't have this problem. Mm. It's
2: it's but, very interesting. Are they all like that? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, more I mean, I research think... required, Tanya. <laughs> well, And actually maybe John can have a look at this because it sounds like it's matured, like died down and then regrown.
9: Yeah, yeah, but when, when you're right, cause, and I thought that that's how, looks as though it needs to be pulled out of the ground, but I put my finger around the ground and there was no big, there was only one bulb, mm. There's no clothes to it, yeah. But, so, so you reckon
2: I could just leave it and just rescue what's going on? Well, to I, I can't see the point in digging it up now. Yeah. So you might as well just leave it there. Until it dies down at at the normal time, not that you'll necessarily have a a great crop to harvest. But yeah, let's see if we can find out what would cause that. Yeah, okay, just
9: just I'll do that. But just another question: I bought the cloves actually from a shop, and I put them in water. And could, could that be the uh, species of the cloves themselves I planted in?
2: Interesting. What colour are they?
9: They were they were purple.
2: Maybe, but it doesn't sound like what garlic normally do. And as no. to to why that happened, um, I don't know. We we might be able to come back to that one, Tanya. All right then. Thank you for helping. Have a lovely day, lady. Okay.
0: You too. I cheers for okay, that. Okay, Thank cheers. you.
2: Aww. And
0: we're in Bayswater. We're chatting about a mandarin tree. Gordon, hi.
10: Hello, ladies. How are you going? Good, well, thanks, Gordon. Thank now, I buy the best mandarins ever produced in WA. Uh-huh. They are called Phoenix, and they are honey-flavoured with one seed, and they are as big as an orange. Wow. This,
2: this sounds like a dogs. secret,
10: Gordon. <laughs> well, you're allowed to name the shop that sells them. There's only one shop in Perth that sells them.
2: Oh. I, I've never heard of them.
10: Yeah, well, they're sold by Woolies, and they're grown in Mandurah, honey-flavoured, and they have one seed. Now, I've planted the one seed in a pot. I've just thrown soil in like blokes do. Um, will I have success, or will they turn up missing?
2: <laughs> you will tell us. You'll grow it, and, <laughs> and 10 years down the track, you'll bring us back <laughs> and yeah. tell us you've harvested a bumper crop. In 10
10: years' oh, time. My. Well, you know, we get the brilliant amarette amaran- Sold in June at Woolies, and we get the Phoenix sold in July by Woolies, and they are the best.
2: Mm, that is very interesting. I might have to learn a bit more about mandarins specifically. No, I've well, not heard of this variety. I wonder if the the tree itself is available across Perth. Mm.
10: Yeah, I don't know, but um, they're they're just so great, and uh, I know Dianella. Uh, hang on. Morley Galleria, they're sold out already. Oh, really? I have, to, I have to go to Dinella and they're not going to be there for much longer.
2: <laughs> not now. <laughs> so these Mandarin sales are going up because you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Oh All right. Well, we'll have all our listeners out this week. I know that sugar sales went up after our lemonade recipe last week. <laughs> well, Thank that's you, Thanks for sharing, Gordon. Interesting. Thank you, Gordon. Bye, ladies. Okay. Take care. Cheers for that.
0: Okay, 94841927. We can take a few more calls between now and 10am. Thanks for your company this morning. It's been a great morning. Lots of different subjects covered as always. got an email from Margie in Gwellop and she'd won a $75 gift voucher to Bigotry some time ago and she wrote in to say that uh, she'd purchased a gumbo gumbo, which is a native apricot tree, and it's fruiting. She's very, very happy. Wow, that very sounds very interesting, that. doesn't it, it Ray? It's a nice tree, yeah.
2: So what else is coming up? Now, I know this weekend the Fern Society are holding their monthly meeting tomorrow. It's an AGM at the South Perth Community Centre Um no, Man- Manning Senior Citizen. Sorry, corner of Lay and Downey Street at mm-hmm. two o'clock tomorrow, and the Perth Garden Club is a small group that meet monthly in Perth Garden. Of which Karo is the president. Yes, just just happened, and in a fortnight from now, the next meeting is at a garden in Mount Nazura that was opened to raise money for the Cancer Council, a very large garden. And is this the one that you really like I did because as you know I've been clearing out my shed after seeing Daryl Hardy's amazing Perfection. yes yeah. well styled yes and this garden is is beautiful it's tiered it's large it also contains a railway, a railway carriage and sheds and displays of garage so pitchforks garage and, yeah, that's a new so one and what's the name of the garden?
0: Glenfield, Glenfield, mm-hmm. and it was open to the public last year. It was, yes. I wonder, is it going to be open again this year? Because this was a private viewing, isn't it? For it the it is. Club. So,
2: yeah. th- so the club actually meets once a month, two yeah. o'clock on Sunday afternoons at different locations around Perth, north, south, east, you yeah. name it. Yeah. And so we have a short meeting. Members bring their own afternoon tea, uh, and we share plates, as in. You bring a small plate to share and you bring your drinks and a chair and we yeah. listen to the garden owners and hear about how their gardens have been created yeah. and you get to wander the garden. So you get to see small private gardens that might not be seen. And this one be will be a corker. Other... Yeah. Well, I, I think so. I did really like it. Mm, and, of course, we saw it in in spring when it was all colourful and, and beautiful and everything was leafy. Now the, Different time of the main feature trees have lost their leaves but, it's full of colour and and winter colour, so mm. be nice to see it at a different season. Yeah, and so what are you doing in your garden at the
0: moment to prepare it? Because I know you've got this wedding coming up.
2: Yes, that's so, a big one, isn't it? You so sort we've of really got to plot this out. I I have, and I actually feel quite good about it at the You're moment. You're on track. Right? I I think yes. For years now, I've been kind of working at having the garden for all seasons. So creating that canopy and the understory and the interest. I'm thinking ahead about what annuals might need to go in and they have to be water-hardy. So I'll be looking at bankers and colus in the shadier parts of the garden. Great colour. But I've got a lot of background stuff. So I've got gingers and, yeah. and foliage plants and cordylines. And across the board, they're actually looking pretty good. I've pruned the roses. We've done massive weed control so as i said i Mm. called in the big guns and i'm really reaping the benefits of that as i look down towards my shade houses areas that last year had weeds 40 centimeters high the annual veltgrass was taking over i thought they were wild oats actually Mm. but the lines are clean so there's not a lot of clutter and and untidiness Messiness, and that makes yeah. a big difference the pathways are neat yeah. so i'll be topping up the pathways with sawdust and mulching the verge so about 100 meters we've got four truckloads there now so i'm going to put out a busy bee soon so for people who want to get fit and have fun <laughs> come and join me come bring your pitchfork and wheelbarrow and we're we're going to plaster the verge with mulch because yeah. that'll be car parking Ah. So I'm keeping my eye on things. I'm looking at the bindi, so we'll we'll manage that ahead of time. So do you we've manage got, that now? Uh in in a couple of weeks. So I'm spray. looking at the weeds in the the paving, the yeah. weeds in the lawn, because you can't have bindi. God no. in, in the lawn for a wedding. God no. Terrible. Uh, because that's where the marquee will go, and then on the Sunday after the wedding, we're hosting the Fern Society's Christmas lunch for members. Okay, so, you like to like it to bite off a lot, don't you? Well, you know, like yeah. when it's good, it's, it's good. Because good. I can't tidy it all at once, Ray. And this week no, I've, no, no. I've worked on clearing my surfaces, catching up with my paperwork. So... The inside of the house is not looking too bad, but the outside messy. There's it's lots like of God created down. rain
0: so that the gardeners could get their housework done. Is that what they say? This is true. This is what it, they say. This is true. All right, let's mm. wrap things up. Uh, we've appreciated everyone's company this morning. It's been really, really lovely. We've got George Manoldi coming up with the classic 60s till 12 noon, then we go country with Brendan T. and Born in Boots. Big thanks and shout out to Bev Daring and John Glidden. As touched on briefly, I'll be away for a couple of weeks. And next week, Chris Bartlett is in the chair for me and the following Gillian Bush. So thanking those guys in advance for supporting uh, the one and only Miss Vey Akaro. Okay, my gardenism for the morning is only as high as I reach can I grow. Only as far as I seek can I go. Only as deep as I look can I see. Only as much as I dream can I be? Do you like that fair I do.
2: That is I very shall... deep. Well, wishing you well
0: this week. Thank Ray. you, love. And happy gardening, everybody. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.